0: Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Elliot Niblock and Paulie Costell. We're going to jump straight into the action here from the latest match week in the Premier League. And we're going to start things off by discussing Chelsea nil, Arsenal nil, since Elliot, you will only be with us for a little while here today.
1: But even so, I mean, I think that it was... It, all respect to Rooney returning to Old Trafford aside, I mean, I think that it would otherwise have been the headline fixture of the weekend. And even even for a scoreless draw, it was a relatively entertaining
2: affair. Nope, you're on. No, Sky no, picked, it was not. Sky, picked Everton, Sky <laughs> picked Everton and United to be the uh, 4 p.m. game, which is the premier game of the weekend. It's like it's like England's Sunday night football, so you're on. Yeah.
1: Well, I, that's why I said... Rooney's return to Old Trafford aside I mean let's be real Everton and Manchester United last season Is not getting top billing No, Still wrong Agree to disagree yep.
0: And I didn't think it was a very entertaining game
1: uh, I don't know. I mean, there there were chances at both ends, and it was a pretty open first half. I mean, I think that it was disappointing to not get a goal in the second half, particularly from an Arsenal perspective, seeing Mustafi's goal ruled rightly offside, and then also with Chelsea going down to 10 men, but with only three minutes left on the clock, you know, even with stoppage time, it would have been tough for Arsenal to press for an equalizer realistically.
2: Let's, let's be honest, and we'll we'll get to it later, but after what we sat through on Saturday, chances at both ends was like the greatest thing you could have asked for from this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was a lot better than Tottenham Swansea, we'll say that. Or
2: anything yes. that we watched on Saturday.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like, like I said, should have had a goal in this one, though.
1: Oh, absolutely. That I mean, the it, you know that rebound off the post from Ramsey's shots, he, he should have buried that. He 100% should have buried that, and that's... You know, I, I get, I'm i still going to stand by my earlier prediction before the season started that Lacazette can and I still hope will be a 20-goal man in all competitions. Oh, yeah. And I, oh yeah. I think that he's, he's going to be, but chances like that are precisely the striker that Arsenal have been begging for since the departure of Robin Van Persie, who buries those every time.
2: 20 goals in all competitions, happens. like... I don't know, for a striker, I don't know if that, for a striker that's playing at a, that cost the amount of money that he costs and is playing at a team like Arsenal where he's supposed to be the number one striker, I don't know if that's a good return. Well, yeah, but I it, didn't seems think, to, I didn't it seems... I didn't think Vlatan had a good season last year and he had 26 in all competitions. Like, look, if, yeah. if we if we say 20 league goals, that's a different story. But 20 in all competitions is, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I, I know he won't keep pace with Harry Kane. So well, I guess he won't be keeping pace with Olivier Giroud either.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I mean, mean, it would be actually interesting to see players coming over though from different leagues and seeing how they actually manage their first season in England. Um, you know, I, I definitely feel like Ibrahimovic had a good season last year. He was United's best player. So um, yeah,
2: I mean, I feel like I people that come from France uh, tend, like the French league, tend to adapt better than people that come. Maybe from Spain or from Germany. I don't know,
0: Pauly. Yeah, do we'll, I have no research on that.
2: No yeah, research on that. I was that, going to say,
0: Pauly, until Thursday, you're going to get some homework.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we'll see if, mean, but, if 20 goals in all competitions is actually fairly decent for your first well, season in England.
1: And and also, let's be real. He's going to play not at all in the Carabao Cup unless Arsenal make the semifinals. And he's going to play limited, extremely limited in the Europa League because it's the Europa League right like it's
2: I don't know you started Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil in the Europa League and then you went and played Chelsea and didn't start them
1: well Artzel was injured for one what's wrong this time so I actually I admit my ignorance I don't know that I didn't look at the team sheet before the game because I watched the game with the friend on two hour delay and so I wasn't sure I mean I I assume that Wow, must
2: have been the top billing game of the week if you're watching this. Oh, (laughs) touche,
1: touche. But I mean, the thing is that like it was, it it wasn't. I heard some rumblings from the Arsenal faithful that oh, maybe this was a just drummed up falsehood injury that didn't actually take place, and this was an excuse. No, it wasn't. Like the manager mentioned that he was injured in training following the previous fixture in the Europa League.
2: Clearly you're right. You're right. You're right because no manager in the Premier League has ever lied to the media.
1: <laughs> okay. So
2: you're right. Yep. We got to believe him now. I I
1: mean I also don't think that it was a huge so su- Ertzel is absent through injury, whatever.
0: Yes. Uh, period. Muscle injury. He's
1: not he's not on the team sheet. I don't think that it was a surprise that Alexis didn't start. I and I honestly all credit to Arsene Wenger because it's a huge gamble to not start your inarguably your best player and the team played better for it and i don't know what it was i don't I, I mean maybe they're less likely to look quickly to force a pass to the all-star man in order to try and like get a goal by just getting rid of possession and you know fluffing it off on him but they played better as a team and they looked entirely different from the squad that was embarrassed at anfield and you know what i mean if if there's something about a decline in standards at the Emirates that says we're going to take a nil-nil draw at Stamford Bridge with both hands, that's fine. I, I would I would agree with that. But well, nonetheless, based I'm... on our previous away performance against a top six club, this was worlds better. Yeah, and they they've had struggles
0: they've... against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, so.
1: I mean, the last. Yeah. I think that the last time we won there was when Robin van Persie knocked in a hat trick, like five years ago.
0: Yeah, he was pretty good.
1: <laughs> Turned out he was. Yeah. Wait, is he still playing in Turkey?
2: Yeah. Oh ben yeah. Bocci. Yeah. He's has he, his visa yet?
0: Man, he's a Dutch national team player still. So.
2: Yeah. yeah well, well that's remember. because if you join the Dutch national team, you apparently have a contract for life there.
0: Pretty much, and that's why they're going to miss out on the World Cup.
2: Yeah. They're they're a shambles.
0: They really are. Yeah, I mean, we're we talking about the managerial merry-go-round in the Premier League, but man, the Dutch national team—it's like Dick Avocat, Louis van Hal, or Guus Hiddink. That's pretty much it.
2: It's also uh, they they ran. I mean, this gets into the Ronald Koeman thing, but I believe it was the Sun this morning ran an article about how Dutch managers really really struggle in the Premier League. And Ronald Koeman's the most successful one, but none of them have over a 50% win win percentage. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, actually. So, yeah, one point, I mean, overall, Elliot, are you happy with this?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing that Mustafi was caught offside in the goal that he scored. Yeah, it's frustrating to end a game against 10 men and not have... A, a goal to show for it, but I—I really. But yeah,
2: but, don't. You would, I, yeah, but the, tent, the the sending off was in like the eighty seventh minute.
0: Yeah. What do we At think about point that? Awesome.
2: Ooh, oh, oh yes. it, it was we've we got crazy wild David Luiz, and yeah. I was so oh, excited for that. And then, well, and, and he was—he
1: was, had such a good game up until that point too. And then just it like it was
2: such peak David Luiz because it was so yeah. avoidable if he would just have cleared the ball like two seconds before that, but instead. Double Louise is gonna Double Louise, and he starts dribbling the ball up the field, takes a heavy touch, and then goes crazy. Now, Elliot, what did you think about the rashness of the challenge?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was completely rash. Like, I it was strange too, because as he was I mean, he was on the ball and he took a slightly heavy touch and then seemed to hesitate and then lunged in. I mean, I don't I don't think that he was trying to break kaloshniak's leg or anything but i do think that he could have and i think that it was a rightful straight red
2: right okay so i like happened to be looking down i think i was glancing at my phone and then all of a sudden i hear the announcer go oh my god david louise and like that's terrible like i look up and boom red comes out and the, the commentators are both just like oh that's terrible and 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 my phone starts blowing up like oh god david louise and one of my friends who's a couple of friends who are Arsenal fans, they're sending in the text being like, yo, he needs to get like a massive suspension for that.
0: Oh no, he'll get three games.
2: And then I watched the replay and then I watched the replay. I'm like, that's not like a vicious play. I was like, he came in late. I was like, he was going for the ball. I think he hit the ball and, but like his studs were over the ball and he hits, I think he hit the ball first, but still got him with your studs up high, straight red. No question about that. But I was like, it's not vicious. I was like, that's just, you know, a straight red. I was like, I don't think there was anything else wrong with that other than it's just what you did by the book gets a red card.
1: Yeah. And here's, here's the other thing I'll say about this is that I think that it wasn't as bad as the Shaw cross challenge on Aaron Ramsey several years ago. But I also think that, and this actually you know relates to the previous match day with Manchester city. Um, And that like, I I don't think that it was that much worse of a challenge from Shawcross. But then again, Shawcross snapped Aaron Ramsey's leg in half. And if it had happened that way for, you know, if it was a dangerous, it was dangerous play, as you said, rightful red card, I don't think that it was totally horrific. But there's something to be said for, you know, like yeah okay he was going for the ball last week but he cleated the goalkeeper in the face and so <laughs> you're gonna get sent off for that it's, yes. I, you know my friend used this analogy of just like yeah if you're speeding and you don't hit anybody you might you might get pulled over and you might get a citation and that's fine but if you're speeding and you hit a pedestrian you're going to end up getting in far more trouble. And you know what? You should be because you're breaking the rules and there's that's why they're in place, to protect players. I, I think Kolasniak is lucky to get away from that without a broken leg. But at the same time, he looks made of sterner stuff than just about anybody else I've seen. Like, he's a Bosnian train. You can go up studs up against him and you'll just come off with your boot broken.
0: Yep, we're going to say goodbye to Elliot there and take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the happy times going on right now in Manchester. So stick around. And we're back. If we take a look at the top of the table, we find Manchester City and Manchester United, both on 13 points, both with 16 goals in five games and only two goals each allowed. Paulius is turning into a two-horse race.
2: I hesitate to say that. I mean, it's um, it's
0: still too early. It's
2: wait, it's way too early. And again, the issue is, the issue is, is is that right now we all look on, we we both look unbelievable. And my concerns about Manchester City are the same that they always were. We we did this last year when they started the season out unbeaten, and I was, and you know, I, I give that thing. It's it's easy to play really well when the weather's nice, but then the weather turns poor it gets cold it gets grumpy uh cold and rain isn't a good mixture you're playing we're now in we're now starting to get to the point of the season where you play you know kind of two or three games a week you know some weeks you know this week you know aguero uh probably won't play kevin de bruyne probably won't play this week but for the most part you're getting you know seven eight games a month it's gonna start adding up and, and you start dropping the points the injuries start adding up so, City, we've seen them. We've seen them have not discipline issues, but issues getting up for games before motivational and, and issues. Yeah, motivational issues. That's the word I'm looking for. So we've seen that happen. And then with United, we don't know what's going to happen um, with without Paul Pogba in in the team. But most of all, United haven't played a tricky game yet. And there's certain games on the schedule I always circle, and I'm like, this one. These cause us problems, and like if we can get, like we're probably gonna drop points here, or even if we get a point here. And I'm not talking about top six games, I'm talking Stoke away, Burnley away, Everton away usually causes us problems. In recent years, going to White Hart Lane has caused us problems. Luckily, we don't have to do that this year. So, so far, we haven't played a top six club, and they and United have not, they've only had one of those tricky games, and they drop points in that game. Mm-hmm. So, until they play the top six clubs. Who knows how they're going to fare against Manchester City? Who knows how they're going to fare against Chelsea? Until they play more of those games, it's hard to say. Oh, yeah, this team's going to run away with it, and it's just going to be—it's going to be like 2012, where it's literally just City and United, and then everybody else.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, and like you said, Chelsea—they're still—they're only three points behind uh, Tottenham. Yeah, they they're five points behind already. But it's—it's it's going to be very interesting to see if they're going to keep this pace up. I would assume that the goal scoring is going to drop off a little because these two teams have just been firing in all cylinders. City, first at 5-0 win over Liverpool, and then 6-0 over Watford in the last game here. Uh, Sergio Aguero. Did beat
2: Liverpool 5-0? Oh, my yeah. God, I did the math oh, yeah.
0: wrong. Yeah. Aguero with the hat-trick uh, in that one, and uh, Gabriel Jesus and Otamendi and Sterling also on the score sheet.
2: What they win in the Champions, like 3 or 4-0?
0: Oh. <sighs> Uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I want to say it was three. Might have been four. 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 So
2: nine and six. So 15 goals in in eight days.
0: Yes. That's pretty good.
2: Zero conceded. Yes. That's scary. Uh, United are different. So that's, yeah, you have to think that's going to drop off. But I, I mean, you have to think that just because they struggled against Bournemouth, they struggled against Everton, who nobody else is struggling against, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to say that United's a different story because United are back to like the old Manchester United where they like just wear you down. So they got that first goal really through a great, through a wonder strike. Um, Nemanja Matic is throwing it across the field because Paul Pogba wasn't there. And if you notice Nemanja Matic really only passes it to Paul Pogba, which is a, a good, it's a good way to get a hockey assist. Like, you know, when I play hockey, it's, and I get the puck. I just I look for the best player on the ice and I I get him the puck. And then he makes a play, somebody else finishes, I get an assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monich does the same thing. So now Pog was not there. He hits it across in Valencia with a fantastic strike, but that's what United needed because they were dominant. This was classic last two, three years of United. Dominate possession, no goals coming from it. Not really even any great chances, other than that one Lukaku chance that he shot wide. Yeah. They, what United are doing though is just wearing down teams, and then it showed when they they scored their seventh, eighth, and ninth goals of the year in the last 10 minutes of the game. They, so, we're, we're what have we played five games already, and we've scored and they've scored nine goals in the last 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, Valencia opened up to score, and that was the fourth minute. Uh, wonder strike. I saw your you texted me right after the goal, you just whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Miktarian 83rd minute, Lukaku 89th minute and then Martial on a penalty in stoppage time. So I mean it ran away a little bit at the end there, but at the same time I mean United just kept their foot on the gas throughout the whole game.
2: Yeah, and I mean they got that they got that penalty at the end which was a very soft penalty. I was surprised it was given. Schneiderwin slides in, wins the ball off of uh off of Martial and then after doing that, as he's continuing his slide, his arm, which is nowhere near the like nowhere near his body, touches the ball. Which, yeah, that's a penalty. But at the same time, there was like 30 seconds left in the game. He had already broken up the scoring chance illegally, so that could have easily been a case of like the ref being like, "There's 30 seconds left in the game. you are up three 0 I'm not giving the penalty." And then he gives it, and it was,
0: I was shocked. Yeah, but it looks good on paper at least. Uh, what else do we have to say about this? game Wayne Rooney coming back to Old Trafford
2: yeah he got the reception he deserved and uh I did say you know the best case scenario would be we go up four 0 Rooney scores we get to cheer him we got the four 0 but not until Rooney left the game and the reason for that was because of Rooney if you would have noticed Rooney was pretty much the only Everton player that was that was playing well he was everywhere and he was their best midfielder he was getting back a lot of when we were attacking, a lot of our attacks ended because Rooney was making good plays. The problem with that was he was playing center forward. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
2: uh, when he dropped all the way back and was breaking things up, there was no outlet because that was supposed to be him. So, I guess it's more of like Everton need to figure out the same thing that everybody else needed to figure out over the last three years. Where do you play Rooney?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you've been high on uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin too. Uh, I think if you can have him up front and then play Rooney behind him maybe that that's a better fit for them. right
2: and but we also said you can't play calvert Lewin in every game he did play on thursday in the europa league you also this team just kind of has a lot of number 10s like if you're gonna play rooney behind calvert Lewin, where does gilfee play
0: well i mean now they had Gilfy and tom davis behind rooney i feel like you could sacrifice tom davis
2: okay I I, I I just think
0: even though he's a good need... player don't get me wrong but i feel like you could you could sacrifice think... him
2: If you look at the whole team, if you look at the whole team right now, like Rooney's their best center forward. And they have other guys that are very good at other positions. So you kind of need Rooney to be your center forward. What you need, though, is for Rooney to not out-midfield your midfielders. Mm. And not outplay them at midfield.
0: Yeah, you need Gilsey to step up that
2: And what they really need, what they really, really need is a run of games. Because let's... Let's be honest. Look at, look at their schedule. At Man City, um, at Tottenham, or no, home against Tottenham. Uh, Who did they play last week? Chelsea, and then at Man United.
0: They that's played t- a, Tottenham last week.
2: They played Tottenham last week. They played Chelsea the week before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. That's that's a really difficult... Like The schedule of gods did them no favors with giving them four of the top five teams. No. And to open the season in their to open the season in the first 5 games they need just a run of playing teams that they that they're better than just so that they can get their, their get their mojo back.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean they they they're sitting at, you know, 4 points. They only scored 2 goals, allowed 10. So uh yeah, they just need a good run of fixtures and I think they'll be fine. I think Kuman is doing something well over there and I think that they'll, you know, it's not going to be top 6. That's just too tough, but Seventh. I mean, that's what they can aim for, basically.
2: Yeah, and, I, and at this point, I don't even know if you aim for seventh. I think you just sit there and say, like, look, you know, seventh is kind of like winning the rest of the league. And you did it last year. It's hard to repeat that. And you you brought in a new manager. You're bringing in a lot of players. There's a lot of competition for it. You know, maybe, all right, so maybe you fall to 10th this year. Maybe you fall to 11th. That's fine. Retool, get ready for next year.
0: Yeah, but also, same, wait, I mean... At the same
2: time... At the same time, though, who else is going to beat you?
0: Yeah. I mean, they went out and they actually spent some money this offseason.
2: Yeah, but you are you have to – you literally have to gel the, those players. Like, you know, it's it's not like you – it's not like you spent a lot of money on Gilfie Sigurdsson because you said he's going to really compliment Lukaku. So Lukaku is a player who played in the system last year, and – For argument's sake, let's say he was there. So he's so he knows what he's doing tactically and everything with the manager. And now you're adding a player that's, you know, going to help him out, and his game is going to help him. You're adding Sigurdsson to like another player that just has just arrived. So he's learning the tactics and everything, and it it's a it's a bunch of players that really have to mesh into a new system in a lot of pressure and and. It's not easy to do that when you literally have to play the four of the best teams.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. We'll see what they can do here coming up, though. Uh, before we go to break, let's also touch upon Liverpool against Burnley. We're we not
2: talking about Lukaku.
0: I mean, his... yeah, let's go for it.
2: I mean, what do you th- like? How did you th- feel about him kind of being a dickhead and celebrating that goal?
0: I mean, it was a little bit over the top.
2: It and was. Well, so that's my problem. It's not that it was a little bit over the top. It's that this is the second time in five games he's been over the top. Yeah. Felt a you little... You know, like scoring on opening day and kissing the badge. Okay, fine. We'll forgive that. But then when you when you go and score against Everton and, you know, you're putting your hand to your ears and then you're trying to be like, oh, it was just banter. Like, no, dude. Like, what did... I understand, you, you know, you don't really have any loyalty to Everton. They... You didn't grow up there. So, it's not your team and everything but like what did they do to you to hurt you so bad yeah they spent a lot of money on you they made you the guy and that you were you parlayed that into cashing in at United i i i thought it was you can't be over the top too many times so early and he's done that
0: yes no that's true and then yeah i mean i understand that he celebrates not quite in that fashion though it would have been nicer to see something a little bit more respectful um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, when the when we have the reverse fixture and we go to Goodison Park, we'll see what kind of reception Lukaku gets. Oh, he's not going to get a good reception. like Probably not. And I don't think that this celebration helped with that.
2: But I don't think he deserved a nice reception. Like, he left them for money, which maybe, he like, left, you know, what did he...
0: He didn't just leave them for money, though. He left them because he wants to be one of the best he wants to play for a club right. that plays we're in the right. Champions so, League.
2: All right, like he left them for money and I don't think, you know, he wasn't exactly wrong to leave them for money, but but by leaving them just because it's like, oh, I want to play in the Champions League and I want money, which Everton were giving him, Everton were giving him money, but I can make more money at Manchester United, fine, but that, by leaving that way, that doesn't, like he didn't really do anything at Everton to merit, like, oh, we're always going to support you. Mm-hmm. So it would have just been like a neutral reaction, you know. Like Morgan Schneiderling comes back to United. First of all, the, yeah, the tunnel, the tunnel in before that game was like a goddamn family reunion. Everybody was just like, "Oh, good to see you." We we all played with each other already.
0: Like, Pretty much.
2: I was I, I was just like, "Jesus Christ!" Um, and that
0: is something I think that they can save till after the game. Honestly,
2: I don't know. The tunnel's kind of like where where it happens. It that's just like a it's It's kind of just accepted now I don't I, I guess who knows uh yeah I don't know it's 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 just weird how many players like move between the two clubs mm-hmm. yeah. I guess because it's like it's you're not you don't have to pick up and move your family because you live all of them live in Manchester anyway, and you're not going to a direct rival, so that yeah I just he won't get a good reception at everton mainly because he didn't merit one but the celebrations have been over the top. Now the, it'll be hostile.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's do a quick hit on Liverpool-Burnley. What did you make of this one? I, I, I can't really wrap my head around Liverpool here. So 1-1 one, one draw. They they went down. Uh, Scott Arfield gave Burnley the lead and then solid tied things up just a couple minutes later. But this is a game that Liverpool, and we've said it before, this is a game where they should beat Burnley handedly.
2: I mean, here's what to make of it. This was exactly what Liverpool is, and this is exactly their problem. Coming into the game, Liverpool had given up six shots on target, and five of them had gone in the net. So, and coming into the game, Burnley is just the type of team that gets, like, one chance a game, and if they score it, they'll hold you to a clean sheet or and get the win, or they'll concede one, and they'll hold on for a point. So, Burnley got one chance, they took a shot on target, and... What do you know? It went in and then they they just sit back. They sit back and Liverpool can't break down teams like that.
0: Yeah. So official math stats, we got possession of 71.3 to Liverpool. We got nine shots on target, 35 attempts. Whereas Burnley, ergo 28.7% possession, four shots on target, five overall attempts.
2: Yeah. It's just, I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, Liverpool's, Liverpool's given up more goals for shots on target than anybody else in the league. And that's their problem. Is def- that's their problem defensively? Like Jurgen Klopp is is saying all the right words with when it comes to Laurius Karius and Simon Mignolet. And yeah, but they're not. Said, they're it,
0: not good enough,
2: right? So you know, he says after that, uh, when Laurius Karius plays against Arsenal, and then he says right afterwards, he said uh, Simon Mignolet is going to start the next game because he said we had an open competition, you know, in preseason, and and Simon won it. Okay, you're right. Like. There's nothing malicious about that. Like, Simone Mignolet is a better goalkeeper than Lloris Karras. He's not lying to you when he says that. That doesn't make either of them good, and that's the problem. Yeah. So they, they don't have good goalkeepers. They, they're, they don't have great center backs, and they play a system that will expose center backs. Mm-hmm. Now, that's against good teams. Against bad teams, their issue is if you sit back and look, we're both Manchester United fans. We both watched this for the last three years. Teams that come into Old Trafford and just sit back and we can't break them down. And and that's that's the issue that uh, Liverpool are having right now. And that was what made Sir Alex Ferguson great was, you know, he said, you know, at times teams are going to come in here and they're just not going to want to play. And we need to not only – we need to figure out a way that even if it takes 85 minutes, just be patient and break them down. You can't do the same thing every time. You just – you need to tire them out. You need to figure out a way to tire them out. And if you're just – Hanging around their box, whooping in crosses, it's not going to do it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, let's say Mignolet is the number one keeper for Liverpool going forward here. I mean, where would you even rank him? If you would take all the starting goalkeepers in the league, where would you rank Mignolet?
2: Oh, I'm not prepared. I'm not going to have to start rallying off keepers. So no, like, but
0: like roughly, just give me a number, 15th? 12th? 12th?
2: Definitely not 15th. I
0: right? mean, he's hes definitely not top ten.
2: I mean, let's try. It. Are we in it? Now we have to name keepers.
0: Now. Okay, let's do it. I mean, you, it. Have
2: Gea, you have De you have Loris, Courtois. Courtois. Yeah. Um.
0: We'll
2: put we'll put Check in there. I'm not saying yes. Check's number four, but he's there. Okay. Heaton. Um, Tom Heaton. Forster Forrester. Right. Um, I would, I would say Casper Schmeichel. Okay. That's, that's seven.
0: That, that's eight. Uh, no. Isn't it? Oh well. Now we're screwed up. Anderson. I would probably put ahead of him already too.
2: Anderson's not great, but okay. I'm, yeah, yeah i put him ahead of Mignolet. Uh, so that's, yeah, I think that's it. I think Pick, I already Pick, lost
0: count. Pick, Pickford? Right,
2: Pickford was the next guy I was, yeah. was going to say.
0: Begovic? Um, uh, oh, yeah.
2: I think we're in the Mignolet range. All right, the question is, is Joe Hart better than him? That's yes. Where the oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so yeah, he's outside of the top ten. But once you get into Asmir Begovic, um, I, we're in the Mignolet range.
0: I would hold Begovic. So I, I think haven't. 12
2: is fair. 12 is fair.
0: Honestly, I am i mean, this might just be United Colored Glasses, but Sergio Romero might be better than Minule. Oh,
2: I have so many problems saying – I think you're right, but I have so many problems saying that because we all know that I, I have a
0: strong disdain for Sergio Romero. Yeah, that's true. And there's, there's probably a couple that we haven't thought about. Too, if we're so. going to go
2: there, if we're going to go there, then we could throw in Joe Pereira because I think Joe Pereira is better than Sergio Romero.
0: Oh. There we go. Okay, we're going to take another break here when we come back. it's uh, Well, we're going to take a quick look at Tottenham's game, and then we'll move over to the Carabao Cup, the League Cup. So uh, we'll be right back. Okay, so quick hit on Spurs here. Disappointing game for them. A scoreless draw at home to Swansea. And... um, you know, it's, it's they had an, the
2: same issue that Liverpool had.
0: Yeah, so almost seventy four point nine percent possession, eight shots on target, twenty six attempts. Whereas Swansea, twenty about twenty you know twenty five point one percent possession, zero shots on target, four attempts.
2: Well, I guess that's what you do when you go to your Wembley Super Bowl.
0: I mean, Swansea
2: are actually unbeaten at Wembley. Cool. They they played there three times in uh you know, the league playoffs or no, the, the league champ, the playoff championship. And then the, the not Carabao cup, the, uh, capital one cup, capital one. So, but it, this was, this was what Spurs have to deal with, you know, and Spurs have it harder than Liverpool because Liverpool at least have wingers. They don't really have the striker to play with wingers. It's more of like a, let's play through the channels kind of thing. Uh, Spurs have the striker to play with wingers. They don't have wingers. At a certain point, having Christian Eriksen and Son hyung min as your wide players, it it's a little uh, dicey.
0: Well, I mean, in this it, it can one, it hurt
2: your creativity.
0: Yeah, Son was the wing back in this one.
2: Oh yeah, that was odd too. Prank. Well, I but kudos. Like you know what? Uh, when you when you sit there and you have you say we have Davison Sanchez, we have we have Toby Alderweireld, we have Jan Vertonghen, um, you could sit there and say, look, we can play Son at wing back because we don't think that they're going to come at us. This was this was what made Sir Alex Ferguson so great is at the end of the game when you brought on a defensive player, he brought on an offensive player to play as a defender because he was like, look, I can put on more attackers because you're not going to come back at us. So, yeah, get more attacking players on the field, but they, they sloshed in the middle, and they need to figure out a way because they are a high-pressing team. They... Showed that they could sit back against a team like Dortmund and hit them on the counter, but what do you do when a team you know has no interest in pushing forward? Then your high press isn't going to work when that team is just like, "Hey, we're happy to have let you have the ball." What do you do? And that's what Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp have to figure out, and that's what Spurs have to figure out because that's what a lot of teams are going to do it one way because there's so much space.
0: Yeah, and the thing is too that it's 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 pretty stern difference too. Comparing how they played at White Hart Lane. And I know that the pitch dimensions play into that. And this is something that Pochettino needs to figure out quickly if they're going to be challenging for the title.
2: Because at White Hart Lane, you could smother opponents. There was nowhere to hide. It's it's not just the pitch dimensions. It's also the fans sat on top of the field. So as a player, you're like pressed in, claustrophobic. You feel like there's nowhere to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what they do. I mean, it's uh, it's weird, though, that they haven't addressed the whole thing with the wingers, though.
2: Right, and we discussed this last week. Like, Malenko was pretty available. You know, you can't sit here and give me that New York Mets recycled line of, like, oh, Eric Lamel is going to be back from injury in November, and that's like a new signing. You know, that's only one person. You didn't even start Serge Eric in this game. Like, no. why just sign him if you're not going to play him? Because – Trippier sucks.
0: Well, I mean that's and that's the thing too, though. If if you're gonna play without you know pure wingers, then you need your wing backs to really just go up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. And they need to be able to actually put in a cross.
2: And and like, what's up with Moussa Dembele not being able to play two games in a week? That's not that old.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, it, we. It, it,
2: you know. Instead, in we had Moussa Sissoko. Right, the drop between Musa DeMille and Sissoko is significant.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, and why was Dyer taking that? Because they had a pretty good free kick opportunity. And it was Erickson and Dyer at the ball first, and then Erickson walked away and Dyer shot it Dyer over. Dyer could hit
2: free kicks. Need I remind you, England versus Russia in the U.S. Yeah, Europeans. but I, I feel Dyer like... Dyer could hit free kicks.
0: I don't know. I would probably prefer Erickson,
2: though. I don't know. I mean, we will be remorse right now if the Spurs fans are listening to us for not mentioning Mike Dean's horrific game and missing two pretty clear cut penalties, which yeah. certainly affect the outcome of the game. But, you know, someone sent, sent me something yesterday where it was like, oh, or it was actually Saturday. It was like, you know, we failed to win or we failed to break down Swansea because Mike Dean couldn't give a penalty. And it's like, no, you didn't fail to break down Swansea because Mike Dean didn't give a penalty. Yes, maybe if he gives one and you go up 1-0, the game opens up and then you break them down and you win 3-4-0, maybe. But you didn't fail to break them down because of the missed penalties. You can blame not winning on missed penalties, especially when they are clear-cut. But yeah. there is a difference.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. So other than that, though, Saturday, pretty drear except City stumping of Watford.
2: I mean, no, we're not going to call City stumping Watford, not drear. That was pretty, That was a boring game. This was like I you can't mean, call you, you can't call a, enjoy this game.
0: You can't call a six nothing a drear game.
2: That game was over so quickly. I, I was like, I want to watch something. I like I had to drag out. All right, so first of all, the game start. The day starts with Palace and Southampton. Which Yeah, that, was terrible. That wasn't great. Then we only get one TV game, which was uh, the City thumping of Watford, which was so boring by like the fiftieth minute that I had to drag out my uh, my laptop to fire up NBC Gold just to find another game to watch. Liverpool-Burnley, that one sucked. Uh, Huddersfield and Leicester should have been good, wasn't. Stoke-Newcastle, pretty bad. And uh, I know I sold NBC Gold on you guys last week. Still worth the $50 by far. But that game, like... Normally, when you stream stuff, like there's a slight delay, like maybe it's a minute behind. Yeah. NBC Sports Gold is like in a different time zone. (laughs) I mean, like, I saw on Twitter, like, oh, like I still had the Huddersfield game on. Like, I saw on Twitter, it was like Huddersfield, like full time. Like they tweeted, like full time. Like that's it, one-one draw. And I'm like, where? I was like, I got eighty-nine thirty on my clock. Mm. Like, and there's four minutes of stoppage time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, but even then. You know what? Like, I'll shut off Twitter if I get an entertaining game. There was none. And then Tottenham Swansea comes on. That's it. I literally, I was in bed for that game, and I didn't try to keep my eyes open.
0: I was surprised you weren't switching over to like college football or something.
2: No, nah, the college football in September sucks too. But I also hate college football. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, well, luckily for me, as an Arizona State grad, the games start late as hell. It's like 11 p.m. kickoff, basically. Did. Yeah, Maryland didn't play, so... yeah,
2: and But it, all the 12 o'clock... In September, the 12 o'clock games suck. Yeah. I, I caught the end of UCLA and Memphis, which was a good game, but I caught the end of that. Hmm. But
0: Okay, before we say goodbye, we're going to take a look ahead at the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, as it's now called, due to sponsorship reasons. It's going to
2: happen. Uh,
0: you know, it, it, we got games here tomorrow and Wednesday, so... Uh, Quick look at the schedule here, though. If you take a look at some of the teams from the lower divisions, who do you give a good chance of actually moving through? You Got Doncaster. Doncaster goes up against Arsenal.
2: The League Cup is so hard to predict, and like you don't even get the good team names like you get in the FA Cup. True. Uh, nothing's coming out of uh, nothing's coming out of Wednesday unless Sunderland are gonna somehow upset Everton, which I don't think they are.
0: I mean, I could see Leeds potentially beating Burnley.
2: Right, but that's Tuesday.
0: Oh, that's Tuesday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah. I mean, unless Chelsea decides to just rotate the whole team against Nottingham Forest, but even then.
2: They will, and they're still going to win. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean,
0: I would love to see Doncaster beat Arsenal.
2: I mean, I'd love, I'd love to see all of our rivals get knocked out, but there are just certain things that aren't going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised see Reading beat Swansea. They're at home. Um... Bristol could top Stoke because they're at home, but you know if we're looking for an away team to win, Brighton could be Bournemouth. They just played last Friday; they'll play again. So,
0: yeah, it's not not the. I don't know. I'm not, I'm I'm having a hard time getting excited for this.
2: If you want, if you want to see the Michael Carrick under Herrera midfield combination, the Carabao Cup is for you.
0: Yeah. What games do we have on TV? Do you know that?
2: None. No TV games anymore.
0: No TV games.
2: There's a new contract. So BN Sport does not have the contract, which is it's actually good for us. ESPN has the uh, the, the league contract, the football league contract. So ESPN so all these games are most of these games are on ESPN three. Um, so it's so you actually have an option of Okay, so watch. I can
0: I can at least stream them then. That's good.
2: Yes. You have an and there's more than one option, which is good. BN you only have one option. So it's actually bad. And that's why the uh, championship and like League One gets like one or two games streamed a week on ESPN3 now.
0: Uh-huh. So, well, I mean, this is sort of a side note. What, what does BN have left in their portfolio?
2: Everything else. <laughs> well, Liga, uh, League One or League Un, uh, mm-hmm. Serie A. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
2: They're just, they're just out of the English soccer game.
0: Well, I mean, it's probably a lot cheaper.
2: I think just ESPN just outbid them really i mean they also have a uh, african uh world cup qualifying south american world cup qualifying north american world cup qual- qualifying the, for games that don't take place in the u.s or mexico uh they have asian world cup qualifying. They yeah they're doing fine hmm. uh,
0: i can't remember last time i watched bn
2: i can we drew honduras
0: oh yeah that's right that was on bn hmm. Uh final thought real quick Uh, I would say, uh, let's talk about Rooney. We can sort of do a joint here. Uh, Pled guilty for his drinking, driving um, a couple of weeks ago. Got a a two-year driving ban.
2: Nice.
0: So, uh, not too much else to say about that. He just went up and said, yeah, my bad. Pleaded guilty. Nice.
2: That's not my final thought, though.
0: Okay, what is your final thought? Not letting you lump it in. Okay.
2: Uh, FC Cone, the team that just... uh that just went to Arsenal, caused all all sorts of disruptions at Arsenal before losing in the Europa League. Then uh, went to Dortmund this week. Come on, Rooney. I know, I know we were just talking about you, but... Um, what? Rooney? <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, he's mad about something.
2: Um, went to Dortmund this week, lost 5-0 to Boris Dortmund, then said the game should then try then file the protest and said the game should be replayed because an incorrect decision was awarded on the second goal in like the 45th minute like stoppage time so it was like 41st plus 1 stoppage time and it was and they were pretty much arguing because that goal was awarded incorrectly so they say we need to replay the game like i'm sorry guys you lost 5-0 and you can't you can't just say we need to redo this game because the second goal shouldn't have counted like cool take that away all right maybe you don't come out as attacking in the second half you still probably lose two or three now
0: yeah that's true yeah that's 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 a really really weird i should add also that rooney's gonna do 100 hours of community service so there you have it
2: uh, dude all he did was bark a few times like it barely disturbed us no
0: i mean he's gonna go out in the community here now and uh 100 hours there we go uh, with that, we'll say goodbye as always. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Polly is PQuestel, Elliot is Keats was better, and give Foundry Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye.